Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of the Gym Owners Podcast. I'm your host with the voice that's the least today, Tyler Stone. Over there is John Fairbanks. How's it going, John? I'm doing great, Tyler. I'll bring the voice for you. This John week. will bring the voice and the charm today. Guys, today we're going to talk about, this is kind of our state of the fitness industry address here. This is um, not, not as though we're some definitive voice on any of these subjects, but this is kind of how we see things as they are right now and some of the trends as we see them uh, developing going forward. I think... Um, if we're right about half of these things, I think it's worth noting. So if you want to kind of have your finger on the pulse, maybe be a little bit outside of your specific echo chamber, because John and I do have the benefit of seeing and working with gym owners from a wide variety of gym types. So if you're a personal trainer, you may see a narrower window, narrower window of the fitness industry than John and I as we're working with franchises, functional fitness gyms, martial arts gyms, private personal trainers in multiple markets in multiple countries. So this is how we see it. Um, getting in the business of predictions, I don't try to throw numbers at anything. I just see which direction things are moving. Um, and I think these are all going to be super valuable for you to understand. This should give you a perspective of the larger scope of the industry and where some of the trends are going. So before we get started, John, can you tell them where to go? <laughs> I can tell you exactly where to go, folks. So first, follow us at the Gym Owners Podcast on Instagram. You can also find everything that Tyler and I do over at thegymownersrevolution.com. And then also get into our Facebook group, Gym Owners Revolution. All the links and everything is in our description. You can find us. It's a community of global gym owners, coaches, personal trainers. We all kind of have that mentality of the rising tide lifts all boats can find us there in that private community it is there for you if you are a shit eating marketing guru that's had a facebook account for all of two months you will not be able to get in so do need not apply you can follow me on instagram at jbanksfl and you can follow tyler you can follow me at Tyler F. And Stone. That's Tyler E.F.F. I. And Stoned. Thanks for the read john and if help. you don't do any of those things i'm gonna tell you where you can go <laughs> Fuck yourself. No. Guys, all right, let's get into it here. So where, where does the fitness industry sit is a question we kind of get asked a lot when people are wondering about what someone is, not from you, you are, if you're growing uh, as a fitnesser, as a person who then wants to start helping people, you already know your tool set and where you're going to take things, right? But when we start talking to people that are looking at investing in business on a larger scale, one of the questions I was asked is, where is this going? What is this going on? Is it is it freaking, what is it, Orange Theory? Is it F45? Is it CrossFit? Do I get into, do we do the affiliate model? Should I do franchises? Like when people are looking at investing in the fitness industry, putting their money behind somebody, uh, some system, something, they, that's where we get these questions from. And I'll tell you this, from what I've seen comparatively to the last 10 years that I've been involved in the fitness industry, give or take, um, and the last 20 years of my life as an adult, the thing that I see the most is the fitness industry right now um, is poised to grow across the board universally um, because right now more than it was, John, when you and I were when you and I were in high school, when you and I were college age, yes. do you think 20 years ago, 15 years ago that the general consensus on fitness and exercise is that like everybody should have a gym membership and needs to work out? Is the aware the awareness of that was a total miss? It even was for me when I was. 19, 20, when I was done with college sports, it was not on my radar at all. Fitness and nutrition is going to grow exponentially 
over the course of the next decade because the awareness is there. Now, what's funny is that awareness is there. That awareness is fully intact in the United States of America, and yet the action that's being taken on it is poor. But what that means, but what that means is opportunity. That mm-hmm. represents a pure opportunity that everybody knows they need to do this thing and it's time to do it. And either there's not the right fit for them. It, maybe it hasn't been the right time. Maybe they haven't had time. To, they just haven't cooked in it long enough, cooked in the guilt, seen the, the poor outcomes long enough to know. But at some point um, that the information, the gap between knowing what you should do and doing it is going to close. It does no matter what, or else we'll just continue to skid and skid and skid and then continue to drive the data further and further and further in front of people's faces saying, we need to do something. This is the problem. This is the problem. This is the problem. Fitness industry lies right in the middle of the solution to this. So I believe fully that we're look- you're looking at what should be the biggest growth in the fitness industry in a decade, that not, maybe not this next 10 years, but there will be very soon a decade that exists that is the biggest growth that we've ever seen in the fitness industry. Well, you can see too, because the pandemic really changed a lot of things, right? It, it, it forced a leanness when it comes to who were people that kind of had one foot in, one foot out. I mean, how many gym owners do we, do you and I know that use the pandemic as the ultimate excuse to just get the fuck out of the industry? I mean, it was, oh. it's, it, it's what fit conservatively 50% of the ones that closed were waiting, that we for, that, waiting for an excuse. It just seemed like they were just hoping, yeah, yeah. hoping for it. And then there's a probably a frightening percentage of you or you all know who, you know, other gym owners that are so um, racked with debt from like government bullshit handout stuff from the pandemic that it may crush the, those gyms in the next 18 months. And, but it doesn't change the fact of what you've just said, because if you really pay attention, who is growing? I mean, certainly in, in my area, and as I've started to pay attention, franchises are growing exponentially. Yeah, I'm talking like Planet Fitnesses, Anytime Fitnesses, any of these larger franchises, they're gobbling up the market. I'm seeing yeah. like new locations opening up all over the place of the larger players because of that void yeah. of smaller boutique spots that either got crushed or used the excuse of the pandemic to get the fuck out. And I do think the reason you're going to see a big push in franchises, at least in the immediate future, is because those that, that model is an affordable, approachable model. That is an easy access model. Um, and I think that's going to be the first easiest thing that's going to come down the pipe for people. It's like, oh, this is super easy. This can do this. Whether or not those are as effective as a higher pro- higher value product or a more coach product, that really depends on the individual and their desire to carry that weight on their own. But I do think um, that the ease of access is the reason you're going to see those make a big push. But people that have disposable income uh, or people that have maybe, hopefully maybe spent enough time in the fitness space working on it themselves tried failed whatever people will change from a standalone ease of access user to somebody who's like i need some guidance and i think that that's where you're going to see a huge segment of growth in the industry is in what i call the the partially coached yeah. uh, in space which means group fit people will not be fully coached and I do not, this is, I say, I'm talking about this specific type of person, obviously, group fitness, personal, all this stuff's going to exist. But I think you're going to see the partial growth of partially coached clients is going to grow a ton here because someone's been going to a gym for a long time. They've been trying hard. 
They've been doing their best, but they realize quickly that they don't know. But because finally in 2023, the importance of fitness and nutrition and exercise and health has finally caught up to the gravity of the situation. These people go, oh, I can't just quit. That it's not just about me doing or versus quitting because the outcomes of quitting are terrible. That will compel a person to go, okay, I need to learn more. I need to do more. I need to do something about this. And then what's going to happen? That person's going to hire a personal trainer. But you know what? That still is an exclusive service, frankly. A personal trainer, you hiring a personal trainer from all of your, your fitness services costs more than a car payment for most people. Yeah. So that may be out of reach for a large segment of the population, and that's okay. For those of you personal trainers, I think you should be expensive. Your service is worth it. You just can't do business with people who can't afford you. Sorry, that's that's just the nature of it. So that's great. But you'll start to see a big growth, I think, in partially coached kind of hybridized models where you'll have somebody that goes to a gym, uh, but maybe does group classes every once in a while at a different facility just because they like it. It gives them something. Gives them gives They know that maybe one or two of their sessions are um, oriented in the right direction, and then they can take some things away. That's a way for them to empower themselves. They may hire a personal trainer once a week, or they may just do a six-week bump with a personal trainer. Right. Like, hey, let me take a big chunk of this. This, this is the thing that I've been selling with my clients for a long time. I don't really want to work with people other than a very few, select few indefinitely. Uh, it's got to be a really good partnership for me to want to work with someone indefinitely. So very often, all right, there's an eight-week program. I'm going to coach you the first six weeks of this. You're going to take this program. You're going to run with it. You're going to know fully how to do with this and how to, you're going to be empowered with knowledge and how to continue. And then you're on your own. And I think those models work really well. And the online services and things like this, that market's very convoluted, very diluted. I think it's very much just about branding and people who already have an audience. But I do think programming matters. I think, I think, I think programming is something that people will seek. I think the things like, like the juggernaut app, I think is, is great. Some of those AI focused ones that aren't just a spreadsheet, they are definitely adaptable to your goals and your sessions week to week. I think though, I think technology will rise that up a little bit, but the idea of buying eight week training program from some guy because he can bench press a lot, but is that ship is sailed. That's only you, you can have, if you want to do that as a gym owner, I don't know what to tell you. Like you, you have to have a big audience that far surpasses your brick and mortar. And there's only a few brands that do that. And if you're not willing to do what it takes to build a global brand like that, or essentially an influencer brand, then that's not really going to be in the cards for you. And and I think what you just described, all these partially coached models, um, I think that there's a double-edged sword. And I think there's a massive pro of everything you just described, which is because you're giving consumers the ability to be able to go from one place to the next and be able to scratch that itch, quote unquote, that maybe your one spot can't provide. But the real issue I think comes down to is if you all of a sudden get that shiny object syndrome, which you start hearing about maybe a new trend or a new thing or whatever, and then you cause yourself to become really spastic. And you zigzag from one thing to the next and you're really kind of herky jerky as far as like, well, spinning is really popular and orange theory is being really popular. So we need to be able to get this. And it's kind of that, that, that old adage where it's as soon as everyone else is doing it, you're too late. So as soon as you have this great idea, cause you see something happening, you're already late to whatever that trend is. So it's kind of like being sure to take the good with the bad. And kind of, or, or take the good and leave the bad, which is yeah. like, Hey, I really like this thing. Um, the pandemic forced all this virtual stuff, 
right? Forced everything virtual, forced everybody to be, uh, you had at home workouts, wearable tech, buying equipment to have at home. Like all those things became the only thing that a lot of us could do. The issue is, is that if you started to have success with that and you just said, well, I'm putting all my money on black and this is all we're doing. Surprise, surprise. As soon as the world opens back up, what happens to all of that? It fucking takes a dive and it takes a dive because there are tried and true methods that really are successful that people will always come back to. But it doesn't mean that online personal training doesn't hold strong inherent value. So the pieces that I always thought was the most valuable anytime anybody ever talked about online personal training was the accountability and the check-ins and like this higher level of service that was the only thing you could do. So you like just went hard in the paint to be able to provide this top notch white glove treatment. Well, that shit, keep that. And that's why that's one of the most popular things that we build in to every offer stack and anything that we do custom with any gym owner any personal trainer, we always build that in to their offer stack system. Well, I think what happened with the pandemic stuff was that there was in the vert, the at-home fitness, the at-home equipment, your Pel- Peloton's a great example, right? You went from a thing that had a nominal, like a, a base level of demand and a base level of supply, and it was needed to be expensive. It just wasn't going to work. And then everyone was locked in their houses, which meant the demand for this product went through the roof which was great because then you needed that that was able to drive an expensive product right they make a ton of them they put them out there they get it out there it has like very takes takes up a ton of market share right it really did it gobbled up a ton of space then things open back up again and i know plenty of people who've had great success exercising getting general exercise off of peloton i know many many who still use it to this day but that shift from the supply and the demand all of a sudden stopped because once you didn't have to work out at home that's not for everybody so everybody who's compromising with that drops off, and then that's pretty much where you can see that trajectory of their uh, of their sales just sinking and sinking and sinking. It doesn't mean those things are bad. It just means that they won't occupy the space that they did during the pandemic. It just it certainly won't. <clears throat> now, I want to touch on something too because we talked about the the information regarding um, the importance of exercise is is out there. It's out there now. Like you, everybody knows it's not a short of a few things that are trying to get pushed on, uh, you know, whatever into the public space that it like, that like being obese is awesome. Like for the most part, everybody knows that it's not a good thing to be obese. It doesn't mean you're a terrible person, but they're like, it would be better for you and your health if you weren't. And let's, let's be reasonable. Even if you're obese, it's better if you exercise because then at least gives you some sort of upside to your health. So things are trending upwards. If you are obese and you're eating poorly and you're doing nothing fitness wise, I think it's pretty safe to say that we all know that that's not a good thing. And that some of those things, a few of those markers could use to be changed. I think that's pretty fucking reasonable. Um, but that information's out there. What I've seen a ton, now this is this is anecdotal, obviously. I don't, I'm not, I, I'm sure there actually is data on this, but I'm just seeing this anecdotally. Huge influx of kids, I'd say ages 15 to 25 in the gym, more than I've ever seen at any age at any point in my life. Sure. Young kids, high school age kids. I, I see so many high school age kids, early college age kids that are working out lifting more than anyone that I ever knew when I was that age, more than anyone that I saw even uh, five, six years ago when I had my own gym, like way, 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 way more. And I think that is going to be, I think, I think just extremely that 
one, you need to, you need to hip up your spot a, a little bit. A lot of gyms now are run by people who are, has been fitness people, which is okay. Hey, you got all the experience. That's great. But you need to be a place that does appeal to youth, youth, if that's a market you choose to capitalize on. Um, I think that there's, there's just so many, I think that also for parents, I think there's a lot of parents who don't care to become people who exercise and don't care to change the way they eat truthfully. I really do believe that. But I do think that they are maybe while not willing to change themselves, they still know that what they're doing is not right and that they want to make sure that their kids are. I see many out of shape parents who don't work out taking their kids to the gym, taking their kids to martial arts, taking their kids, hiring personal trainers for their kids while they don't even exercise at all. Um, I think that there's a, there's a, that the, are I believe fully that the generation right now that's between the ages of five and 25 is going to be infinitely more tuned into fitness, nutrition, and health than, than our generation was even, I mean, not even close. It's not even going to be close, but for you guys as gym owners, that is opportunity. It is absolutely opportunity, but that means the demographic is going to shift a little bit. And it doesn't mean that I think the whole demographic, the whole market is going to grow. But I do think that that one is going to blow it up a little bit, which is great. Well, we're seeing it all like you, you really can see it already. Just like you said, of young people that are coming in. And there's kind of a couple of different points that I was thinking about on this is that it's think about like Tiger Woods introduced weightlifting to golf. Yeah, that's just not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And my sons are super into baseball, right? And I, I, there was an interview with a trainer that works with um, major league baseball players. She she's like one of the head, which God bless her, right? She is the head strength trainer for like one of the baseball teams, and for a major league team. And she was talking about she goes when we first came to the scene in 2013, none of our baseball players, professional baseball players, lifted weights in the off season. She goes, it was a major change for them. And she goes, and just fast forward to today, she goes, now the norm is that they are lifting a minimum of two times a week in season. They'll even lift the day of a game. Mm -hmm. And so just like just that, even on a professional athlete level of like what weightlifting and training and like those general things, like what that means. So you take that even on the professional level. Did your dad work out? My dad was always a, a sportser. Really? He never really lifted weights. He, he never really did. He would kind of maybe occasionally he would run. So but when he was young or even when he was trying to get in shape, when he was in his 30s and 40s, he would he'd get back out and start putting on miles. That was what he did. Okay. So my no, no way. And I am now the age of my dad of when I remember being a kid of being able to remember like, oh, my dad is 36. Like, I remember, like, it was like, that was the age when I finally was like, oh, I know how old my dad is. Like, it was like kind of the first time. Dad's 36. Well, I'm 36. I cannot describe how much better shape I'm in than my dad was at my age. It's like, it is laughable, the difference. And so as these generations continue to go on, sure shit, what do my kids do? They all lift weights. They're all, like, it's, it becomes this thing. So just like you said, it's, as this curve, it's coming for sure. Yeah. Like you have waves of generations of people where, Tyler, what does your son do? <laughs> My kid lifts weights. He trains. He spends all day outside. He's plays sports all year round. It's yeah. It's, it's totally. He, he asked me if he can go lift. 
Right. And I don't force it on him in a way where if he wants to go to the water park and then has soccer that day and doesn't want to lift, I don't give a shit if he lifts. Right. But there's days where, hey, can I go lift it? Yeah, let's go. You know, there's that, that that's very easy. All he knows is he needs to do something physical every day. That's it. You got to be outside five to eight hours a day, frankly, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And we're not alone. And so definitely it is this massive, just generational wave that's going to come where young people are going to have, where you still are going to have, I mean, don't get me wrong. The majority of the people in my city that are my, (laughs) that are my age are not lifting weights and are not doing that. Yeah. But you do have young people that are like, it's a totally different dynamic. And it's not. A, so people, people, your age, my age, as they get older, they're going to seek fitness uh, as a correction from what they've lived forever. Right. And it's like, ah, shit, what yes. have I become? I need to get in better shape. And that's fine. Frankly, that's most of what I coach except for youth. Right. It's like, okay, we're, we're going to weight loss. We're going to get you in shape, get you back in shape. Do whatever we got to do. Let's mitigate some of this damage. But for youth and younger people, this whole younger generation, it is about not becoming that. And trust me, your kids don't want to be like you. They don't want to look like you. They don't want to act like you for the most part. And so they definitely, uh, you know, are going to do everything they can fitness-wise. Like, I don't want my dad's fat. I ain't trying to be like that. That, Like that, it used to be the the way you're like, oh, my dad's fat. I guess I got to be fat. We all just accepted that. Yeah, and that's all my genes. It's in my genes. Yeah, it's all in your size 54 <laughs> genes. Um, now, I want to cover two two subjects here real quick before we kind of move down to some uh, some kind of different, the sales is kind of how you can kind of pivot, position your business to be successful in this regards. But other trends that I see, one, um, having been around the market and seeing it um, and being in many, many of these gyms, I do still think that... Um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I think martial arts in general, due to the growth of the UFC, uh, is going to continue to grow. Martial arts gyms have grown in the United States by, I think it's 15 to 20% every year for a decade. Yeah. That number is fucking crazy. It's it's crazy. Okay, that doesn't, that doesn't happen in any market. I mean, that's nuts. This is, that boom, though, is still in, I, I like, to, it mimics what CrossFit was in when it first came out. Yeah, definitely. In the, in the in the first in the two thousand aughts, two tens, right? First tens, whenever this, when it started to become popular, what was it? It's crazy people. Oh, I could never do that. Yeah, I could never. Those people are not. No, those Rab- that's rabdo. Just the fittest of the fittest going out and getting rabdo. Those people mm-hmm. are going crazy. With enough time, and it got introduced to enough people, the effectiveness of some of some, <laughs> the effectiveness of that type of exercise became undeniable. And regular people wanted those results and they found their way to it and they enjoyed that type of training. Not all, but many, 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 many to the point where CrossFit grew in a boom, unlike the fitness industry has ever seen. I don't think. Well, once it hits ESPN, right? Like, you know what I mean? You're not a sport. I mean, up to that point, right? Like ESPN is fucking sports. That's what it is. And we're ignoring like the Ocho, right? Like it's, but it's like CrossFit, once it shows up, on mainstream sports network is like, Oh, we're, we're going to watch the games. I mean, I, I remember I was, it was totally different. Now that is going to happen is happening at the moment right now with jujitsu specifically, but I still think that truly striking boxing, kickboxing, I, I think the model probably needs to either be jujitsu or all of those, those things, depending on your market, ideally. Um, but I do think, 
I do believe that this is almost verbatim the trajectory, or almost, what is it? I think it is almost going to be an identical trajectory to uh, what CrossFit experienced when it was first blown up. You got people who are kind of doing it, who are starting gyms because why? I need a place to do it. I need a place to do it. I, I need. I need these. These are people with passion for the product. And then they're like, okay, well, I go to gym and they open a little independent gym and they're trying, they're bootstrapping it. It's exactly what CrossFit gyms were like in the beginning. So many of these gyms were tiny little startups. You hear this whisper and people around town are like, oh, those people are crazy. You know, they're crazy people. You see those people at the pool and they're fucking jacked. What the fuck? Okay. And so that just keeps going and going and going. Um, Jiu-jitsu and striking specifically, but jujitsu in the UFC now continues to prove itself to be very effective, continues to be um interesting to normal people who make it over not all it's not going to be for everybody having some heavy person sweating in your mouth but like it's it still is going to be a thing that is i i think that trajectory is going to be nearly identical it's going to continue to grow it's going to be a huge opportunity for those gyms to be more professional to market and sell better and you can own your market because again you either need to be first to the party or you need to be best dressed ideally both and when you do that, you're going to own your market completely. If you've been in your market for two years and you're doing it better and you have, you have any reputation and someone new pops in and you're the second or third person, no, no fucking way. They got a lot of catching up to do. There's no word of mouth about you. you, you and so I just, I really, really believe for people that are listening to this that are in the martial arts space that like you hang in there if it's tough now because you're doing it and you're figuring it out. There will be a big groundswell around you and it will get easier, but you need to be prepared. You really need to be prepared to sell. You need to have your ducks in a row. You need to start figuring out staffing right now because almost all of them, when you start in a small market, you have a staffing problem. Where we're at here, even with this one here, it's like you got one person who can coach, maybe two. And then what? How do you scale up from there? Is you're just going to break the owner. If it's owner, operator, coach, business manager, all in one package, you're fucked. So start solving those problems now. Because the owner is probably still rolling. Oh, yeah. Like, like competitively, right? Like yeah. not just not only rolling for every class, every individual, kids, youth, every single thing, but also is probably still competing, especially if they're on their black belt yet. Yeah, that's one of the bigger things. Of course, you, you obviously have to do all those things to level up your athletic career, but not understanding the difference between your skill set and your career as an athlete. And while there's some overlap, it still is almost completely unrelated to your skills, not necessarily skill set, but your success as a coach and is truly unrelated to your ability to sell market and operate your business as a business owner. So you need to differentiate those things, whether it's in whatever your sport is, right? Um, there's a reason there's not a lot of uh, player coaches, managers in the NBA. <laughs> Could you Cause fuck off guys. You know what I mean? At some point you do got to step away from one thing for a little bit and focus on one until it's in place. So you got to bounce back and forth. And if you think you're going to own your own gym, and be a world champion competitor? Probably wrong. You better have other coaches. You better have other coaches. You better, you, by the way, you better just own your gym then, via yeah. like from the a, a purely a silent partner standpoint, because you're going to eat shit. I want to touch on the idea of the groundswell that's coming, that is, you know, is, is happening in real time for like BJJ and MMA. It is, um, the like the people that are already in the forefront, like the disciples that are pushing this idea. I think there's a lot, especially from a marketing standpoint, there's a lot that can be leveraged to where it doesn't just have to be um, pot smoking, conspiracy theory, street fighters. 
You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that is a branch, but you have like, take Jocko, mm-hmm. right? Jocko, his combination of, especially for here in the States, pro-America, pro-military. Like if I'm marketing, especially because I'm here in the South, yeah. like, come on. Like if I want to be able to, absolutely. Like it's for your first responders, military, pro-American population, it is so much easier to get people to come into the MMA and BJJ space off of the shoulders of these people that are like, what do all of our special forces do? What does Jocko, what, what do these people do? And how can we then leverage that to bring in ordinary people? Because regular people that are of that branch of, of, um, of the threat of that part of society, they know who Jocko is. Of course. And the reality is, is he continues to excel the same way Rogan. Yeah. Is, right? is, it's, is Joe Rogan talking about CrossFit every week? <laughs> no, he's no. not. So think because, and this is the thing I think as far as like going out there and pilfering content, <laughs> literally you want quotes, you want to take clips from stuff, use a generic, like you see how many people take clips from Rogan and put it on whatever. There's mm-hmm. channels dedicated to not giving him any money, just taking clips from his show. Okay, take any clip of Joe Rogan talking about jujitsu. If you're a jujitsu gym or striking or Muay Thai, whatever it is that you do, you now have some extremely what's the word? High, highly validated, high social validation content. Where it's like, holy shit, on the biggest platform in the world, this person talking to this other person says, Yeah, this shit's legit and it's real and you should do it. And here's why. And and like mm-hmm. let him speak for you so you don't have to. That combined with many other, obviously, marketing strategies works yeah. great, but but you have the validation is already out there for you. And it was a thing that I think um, is was better is better now than it was for CrossFit during about the time I opened my CrossFit affiliate. Absolutely. But I was getting tons of free brand visibility because we were a CrossFit affiliate. The name. And CrossFit was a big name, and it was coming up, and it was popping up on ESPN. Uh, but there was also some... Uh, negatives associated with it that I was always having to diffuse. And so, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Is you have all of this external validation to your training methodology, use it. It's very easy to appeal to let somebody else's appeal to somebody else's authority in that regard. And I cannot tell you how much I've enjoyed interacting with gym owners that have a functional fitness based gym my favorite is 24 hour access Yes, where functional fitness in combination with a 24 access facility that also has mats. Yes. They're not, there's not a lot of them, but there's more than I thought that there would be. Cause I've been, I've been doing some heavy like market research interacting with gym owners. And I find these spots around the country and I've been interacting with these owners and it's super awesome listening to like, how does this start? Like, Hey, how do you start this? Like, how did you start? And it's like, well, you know, I had the spot and then I had a friend or I had somebody that came in and they needed a space. Someone just wants to coach. And you know what? Maybe, maybe when they start, it's just a couple of days a week, but now it's folded into your system. I think it's great. More useful than a yoga class for a CrossFit gym that I see. Every, everybody tries to do it. None of them do it well. None of them make any money on it. Yeah, the, the, the only True. equivalent. <laughs> Literally. That, that, oh, for, without a doubt. Like it just is <laughs> that, that, it, that, that type of struggle. And, and there's, there's, um, there's definitely, like you said, there's, there's elements of that where we've seen folks where it's like, I'm a chiropractor or I'm a nutritionist and I would love to be able to have a spot in your gym. Like that's, it, that's one thing. But the power, like there's only one other equivalent that I've seen as we've been looking at all these gyms of like the equivalent of a power of like a partnership that shares a space or a fraction of a space is going to be a physical therapist 
yeah. and a gym, and then also the BJJ MMA and the gym combined yeah. together. If John and I had to open a, a, a gym, our like dream facility here, if we had to have like a full-on HQ, is it would be essentially a CrossFit gym with bodybuilding style equipment as well. Scale down the CrossFit space because you don't need it. You run very limited class schedules. You have group classes in there at specific times. You have 24-hour access for all the other equipment. That's my That would be my jam with then a full-on martial arts space as well um, that's going to be coached primarily. You know, those are going to be coached hours, supervised coached hours. And that's that's a fucking jam. Combined and with maybe some food, good coffee. A nightclub. And not a nightclub at night. <laughs> DJ is Friday nights, man. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> but no, so I, I want to I want to move forward a little bit here. But this this groundswell around not just jujitsu, around everything, around the, the eyes on the fitness industry and saying, okay, I need to do something. That creates opportunities, creates spots for people to fall into. Okay. Now we all know what everybody does. Well, we, we all know. I hope you know this. We've talked about this on the show in the past. The thing that happens when you get a ton of people doing a thing is they're going to pulse. What's the word? They're, they're going to oscillate. Is the, oscillate's the word. Nicely done. They're, they're going to oscillate between very generalized fitness and then very specific fitness. And back and forth. You see this when people come in and they're going to start to go into a bodybuilding gym. And then from there, they're going to go, okay, well, I'm just a 24 hour by myself. Maybe I need a coach. Oh, I'm kind of good at squatting. I'm going to do a powerlifting meet. Awesome. Right. We'll go from CrossFit to weightlifting or CrossFit to triathlons or, or vice versa and all those things. And I think that's great. I think there's a ton of opportunity then when you have this huge influx of youth, people getting into it. That now creates a whole new timeline for people. They're going to start to enact that call it a script but that they're, they're going to start walking down that journey of someone's lifetime fitness journey that we've always talked about which is you know what when i was young i used to do marathons right got into a little bit of bodybuilding and then i did fucking adult rugby league for three summers and then i took up snowboarding and the and whatever that is right and what gym they use and what activities they do in between and where their home base is all those things can change but just know that if your gym has the ability to kind of serve one of those needs, the potential is there to grow. Don't get, like we talked about earlier, shiny object syndrome and just rebrand and reach and chase everything. You can't be everything to everybody. Yeah. But know that there's going to be a lot more to go around. And I think there will be a lot more seeking general fitness. And due to that, it'll be a slight delay, but you're going to find a lot more of those people are going to start to pursue a more specific kind of fitness as well, more specific type of training. They'll have more specific goals, more niche down goals. And that creates a big opportunities in tons of new markets. I think from powerlifting, weightlifting, bodybuilding, I think the competitive side of it, of fitness will grow as well. Um, you know, oh. all of those things, not just the hobbyists, but I do think the competitive totally. sports of those are going to grow um, due to this young generation, give it, give it up to the kids right now that are aged five to 21, 22 right now, because they're getting it. They're getting it right now. They're putting in work right now. That's harder than I think anyone in any generation before us did fitness wise in the gym. There's also, this are my grandparents' generation. We're just doing real work, <laughs> you know, just real backbreaking labor work outside. But, but when it comes to make, making up imaginary work to not get fat, I do think the younger <laughs> generation is going to win this battle. I really yeah. do. I see more hope in that than I see anything else in the fitness industry. Yeah, explaining to the boys like uh, farmers carry is we have to pretend 
like we're carrying something heavy act on the like, farm. Act like you have a back job. in the day. <laughs> it was just farmers just did this. Yeah. It was like, oh, this would be terrible. I'm like, yeah, but now we do it to stay in shape so we don't die. Um, no, I think that I think that that's really on the nose. Also, it's as things continue to grow, like traditional sports are they're continue to be challenged. Mm-hmm. Like you have lots and lots of high schools that have a really hard time fielding a football team. Yeah, it's weird. Like it, and, and it's going to come, but the nature of the beast where it's just like, it's well, because when I was younger, when it was getting ready to play football, the only talk I had was you're going to have a bat, you're going to have bad knees. You're going to have a bad back. Yeah. So if you play football, just are you okay with the fact that your knees are going to, you know, be hurting you and you probably won't be able to pick up your kids when you're 40. Yeah. And you're going to shoot yourself in the chest in your fifties. <laughs> but that so, wasn't what anybody talked about. That wasn't what I talked about. And now you that information is out. Exactly. That hey, playing football might make you fucking retarded, and and make you kill literally, yourself. Literally, mm-hmm. slow your slow your brain development right. to the point where like yeah, now all of a sudden you have people with all of the genetic and what's the word social markers to play football. My son, your kids, totally. John and I are both purely built for the sport. John, we are built to be linemen. We are as big and as big and heavy as you can be and fairly athletic. My kid right now is 6'2", 190, and he's a fr- he just finished his freshman year and has no desire to play football. Why? I didn't plant that seed in his fucking head. Correct. Not at all. I wasn't going to do it. Nah, that information's out there. So that's what that's what bad information can do to your system. And, and truthfully, let's be honest. I think the CrossFit affiliates kind of took that hit too when a lot of the injury data started coming out, some of the negative branding associations sure. that came out, you know, in the mid-2020 stuff. And now, like, there was a big public hit for that. And I think a lot of those people that would maybe appeal, that would appeal to, not that they don't end up there, but they're trying other stuff first. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think the information... Uh, the, the, the value that inform, if easily accessible information right now that's out there, that value, it's incredible. It really is because now people know they need to do something. They kind of can look out there and know what maybe they should do to get started on something. There's a lot of first things you need to do for this and first things you need to do for that. What's bad? What's good? Well, while it can be difficult to sort through all of that, for the most part, if someone wants to seek information on a thing, boy, they can find it and they can find it a lot better than you and I could in our early twenties. Absolutely. And also again, it's the educated populace changes the market. And we talk to this a lot in our gear Academy. When we meet weekly with our gym owners, we're constantly talking about how marketing that people continue to put out there from 2017, 2016, 2018, right? That time period. If you're continuing to market in that way, you're going to miss the mark because you are, ignoring the fact that the populace has evolved. And so the same way that we are evolving, it's this is why we know as we are looking at in the crystal ball of the upswell groundswell that's going to come from BJJ and MMA is that it's where I'm putting my kids in weightlifting. I'm putting my kids in jujitsu because I know that that scratches an itch that wasn't on the menu for me. Mm -hmm. Football was the only place I could go where I would be rewarded for hurting and hitting other people. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But now it's like, well, actually, no, I can put you in BJJ because there's, it's the only hunting and killing something. And BJJ are the only two places that have ever given me even close than what it was to hit someone. And they could not get back up after yeah. you do it. And yeah. it's like, Oh, and I don't have to have 
brain damage. Cause yeah. then I can, I mean, as long as you don't hold the choke for too long, but yeah. the reality is like that, that sensation of struggle like that, that can scratch the itch. Cause I know my boys have that need and there's a lot of people that are going to be doing the same thing. Yeah. So that's where we see the consumer side of it, as far as like what the consumer products, what they're going to be seeking, what their information level is going to be. Let's go over some of their buying habits now. Because this is something we, and by the way, a lot of the stuff we've touched on in today's episode is stuff we've touched on in the past, but a lot of you guys are new. We've seen a ton of new listeners coming in and we get tons of feedback from you guys on the Instagram page and our personal page. So if you're new listening to the show and you like it, make sure you reach out to John or me, FL or me, that Tyler F. and so on on Instagram. Um, let us know what you think of the show. We always love hearing back from you. So when we get into this stuff, if it sounds repetitive, just hear me out. Okay. Um, because some of these are things that we've been hip to for a while, which is the reason that we've started to that we started to build the Gear Academy, the kind of information substructure, and some of the systems that we like to operate have our gyms operate under um, to reflect what I think these how these trends are doing. And so far, we've been proven proven right time after time again. So, the first one is this: is people want choice. People really, really, really do want a choice. Um, they want a choice, and they want to be informed fully before they deal with fucking you at all. And we've talked about this in the past. I don't go to a car dealership and drive around and look at their cars. I go to the website. I know how many miles are on the, I sort by with vehicle I want by the price I can afford to pay. And I've weeded it down, weeded out every option I don't want. And I may have it narrowed down normally to just one vehicle I want to go see. And I'm not interested in anything else or anything else you have to say or any of that stuff. Now, if I had to go out there and have that, go through that whole process with another person, that would be very frustrating to me. And while I understand mm -hmm. that is for some people love getting out there and just talking to people and glorious, but that is not the trend. Okay. There's a reason VR headsets, Apple had their big launch. There's a lot of, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on out there that trust me, guys, people aren't looking to fucking get like more contact with strangers Okay. I'm all about connecting with people I know and like I have zero interest in having to have a meeting with somebody before I buy a thing that's guys, you're not charging enough for most of your services for it to be worth somebody to reach out to you, get an email back from you or text you or to get a phone call from you and then schedule a meeting to then go talk to them and then buy something that's worth for 24 hours, you have 60 bucks a month. Yeah. CrossFit, a couple hundred bucks. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I, I've never talked to anybody about a single car that I've bought for longer than some of you gym owners try to talk to people before just getting them to commit. So if they've reached out and they want to commit, let them commit and then coach them. A lot of times people try to coach and coach and coach beforehand and it sucks. It's a dud. But in that process, people want information. They want to be fully informed. This is why I believe it's okay to let your prices out there. Just make sure that you give them a choice. And in that choice, I went through this exact same thing. We talked to one of our gear because we run the, in the gear Academy. We have our people, they run a full offer set. It's very customizable, right? So like if you come in, depending on what your services offer, where, what your gym, what services your gym offers, sorry, sick. Um, you can get, uh, there's many options in each, in each, you know, kind of level of what you're doing. So if I come in and I'm looking just for 24 hour access, perfect. Well, there's your 24 hour access page and there's a few upsell options. You're looking for nutrition coaching, you're looking for this, you're looking for that. Do you want to talk about supplements? Do you want to commit for 12 weeks at a time or do you want to pay monthly? Just whatever a basic offer stack stacked up and lets them fit their buying habits and their needs. That's perfect. That falls in right there. If someone comes in and they want private personal training or they want group fitness, right? 
So when someone calls and says, what are your rates? Someone messages us, what's it cost to join your gym? You don't send them everything. Don't send them all of this laundry list of stuff. It's going to be confusing. You just say, perfect. Yeah, we have a bunch of different services. What are you looking for? You're looking for group fitness, one-on-one personal training, semi-private stuff, or just 24-hour access? Obviously, your gym may not have all those things, but many do. And they say, oh, just 24-hour access. Okay, perfect. Then you send them that offer sheet. But what you've done is you've narrowed it down to where they're not going to misrepresent your pricing out there to the rest of the world. They don't see everything that you do, so your competitors can't shape everything that they do after you. And if they are, you're winning, so who gives a shit? And, and two, it gives them a chance to make a fully informed decision. So you can follow up and say, one of those options work for you? Or what do you, you want to go ahead with one of those options? No response? Maybe. I don't know. You know what I mean? And, and that's okay. But what you've done is you didn't have to set up, set up a meeting. And you didn't have to coerce somebody who wasn't that interested into doing anything. Because the biggest difference between the fitness industry and other stuff is that in the fitness industry, if someone buys a product, for them to be successful, their commitment needs to be ongoing. It needs to be continual. Their investment in themselves and the process, it's not just money up front. That is a part of it. It is money. But there's also effort, consistency, and time that need to be layered into that as well. And if you just wrestle the money out of them by being slick or being like inspiring in the moment and then they feel abandoned and they don't do your product still doesn't work. Therefore, your reputation will fail and eventually your system will fail. People will not buy. Okay. So I think that those types of like, let's just get me in the room. I'm a closer, 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 being fucking some super skilled closer is not as, as important in the fitness industry as it is in other things. Okay. I think you're better off being really good at getting the information, get persons, uh, get their goals out of them. Okay. Align their goals and their wants with the products that you have that can help get them there. And then get all of the information that they need in front of them in an easy to digest way. Then say, which one of these do you choose? And from there, you're, you're set. You're totally set. And I think that learning to close those sales without a meeting is the thing. It, it's, it's not the only thing. But like, if, if you can essentially close a sale without having to get somebody to come in in person. By the way, any person that wants to meet with you in person, you let them absolutely. But just know that most people don't. And get over yourself about it. They don't. They just don't. It's not 2016 anymore. We're not trying to get closing in 16, 17, 15, 16, 17, closing sales online or cl closing sales. It was always in person. Let's get in a schedule meeting. We're going to get right. you to a meeting, get you to a meeting. And then in 2020 and 21, what was it, John? For everything digital and otherwise now, not just gym, Zoom yep. calls. Let's get on a call. Let's get on a sales call. Get on a sales call. Get And nobody wants to do any of those things anymore. None. So don't fucking force that. Don't for, If you've put all of your sales systems, if they all funnel into a fucking interaction that nobody fucking wants to go to, you're really going to struggle. So learn to make it easy. That flow should be super fucking easy. I should just be able to say, hey, I'm interested. Oh, cool. What specifically are you looking to do? Here it is. Here's what it costs. Oh, perfect. I now know everything I need to know. If I have any follow-up questions, like, are you a hack? Am I going to get hurt doing this? Do you think I should get in shape first before I do this? I can then ask you those questions, or, we, or then I can decide to meet with you. But it's leading with your price first sometimes can save you a lot of bullshit, too. Oh, without a doubt. It's definitely one of the things that we've seen a lot of evolution on, on just that pricing point alone.
One of the things that I think is really important on the continual nature, like you've described how it's this continuous sales process. I need you to look, those of you that are listening, right? Like it's look at how often are you having the opportunity to sell members, members, existing people selling to them in your spot. The majority of the folks that we have worked with over the years, it's that, that first interaction where that price, that initial price, that initial gym membership is mentioned. And then best case scenario is someone buys, but it also could be the worst case scenario is that someone buys and that, that sales process initially is not built the way we teach your sales process to be built. Because that means that they either had said what they wanted or they didn't. And you just gave them a price and they took it. And they are now in a forever relationship where they're paying one of your middle of the road or inferior products. Yeah, probably, probably more than likely from what we see is your base product, whatever that base minimum membership is, because you get the least amount of kickback. It keeps your closing percentages nice and high and everyone's feeling good because you close 98% of the people that walk through your door. But the problem is, is that that means every single month that that person is there where they have not been given the opportunity to be able to spend more with you to help them achieve the goals that they want. They are spending less money with you each and every month. So it is kind of slowly killing you. And the way we have fixed this out the gate is that when we say you give your people choice is that we layer, you lay out even from that base membership, how can we guarantee that you will triple your opportunity, triple the revenue that you will make with every single new person that walks through your door? And it's by giving them choice, by giving them multiple opportunities to be able to not only buy at that moment, but as soon as Tyler, like you said, someone says, hey, I want to do my your base 24-hour membership. When typically our structures, anywhere from three to five options are going to be put in front of them. That's specifically in that wheelhouse of what they've asked for. Within how that's structured, that means that they are guaranteed to know every single thing that you offer in your gym. In the early days, we used to ask this all the time. Can you, as the gym owner, tell me every single thing that you have to sell right now to anyone that walks through the door? If you can, tits, great job. Can your coaches, can your coaches tell every single thing you have to sell? And then the last piece, which is where everyone fails, can your members? Because if you do not have this structured in the exact way that we have put together, there's a reason why we did it, is that it's if your people don't know everything you have to offer, then they don't know. Mm -hmm. And you are losing money. You're losing that opportunity. So that continual nature of this beast, you can get way out ahead of running into any issues by structuring this the right way, guaranteeing that everybody knows exactly what you have to offer at all times. That's a really good point. And on the note too, of closing them online remotely, closing those sales remotely. One of the things, John, like you mentioned, is we want to be able to drive them up our up your up your value ladder. We want them to be able to buy a higher level product. Now, your ability to convert those people from a standard offer to an upsell to an upsold offer is limited. You will not get as many top tier sales via text message as you will if you're doing it in person. It's not going to happen. It just, it won't. But that is very important then that you understand that that opportunity still exists and that exists at renewals that exists when you're going back through um, 
and soliciting your existing members. It means you need to always be offering these people more services. What's the next thing you want to do? Give them an offer. In, when you go to the point where you're making most of your sales without meeting people in person, uh, you need to understand that then you need to be touching base with these people via email, via text message with service offers. Yep. Often. And just bake that into your master sequence when someone comes in, whether it's they came in and they go uh, at week two, like, hey, how's it going? Want to talk supplements? Because we've got this or this for recovery. If you're feeling super sore, these are some things that can start to help. Well, when someone comes in a couple of weeks in, their needs for that is very, very high. But if you never do that outreach, you're really going to swing and a miss on that stuff. Same thing with upgrading to personal training. When do people get stagnant within your system? I've mentioned this many times, but when people start to, when people's success in your gym starts to stagnate, it doesn't mean your service is failing them. It means maybe they need an opportunity to reinvest and they need an opportunity to reinvest. That may be an upgraded service that may be like, you know what, let me put some money down on some supplements or, or let me do your nutrition programming thing. Let's, let's do this. Let's jump into this. And it doesn't mean that they're on the verge of failing. It means they're on the verge of paying you more money to ensure their success. Okay, it means they've committed this far. It's gotten me here. This is, it is a higher, what do people do when they stagnate in their fitness very often? They start buying new workout clothes. Right. They're going to buy new shoes. They're going to do all those things. Why? Because they are investing in that part of their lives. So let them, let them and offer something that gives them a better chance of success than a new pair of fucking Nikes or whoever's selling them. I don't know who is selling the most fitness and ass shoes now these days, but I don't know. But, um, but that's you do not miss out on that opportunity. If if you're not doing that, your not only is your retention going to start to be poor, or if you're not doing that, your retention is definitely worse than it should be, than it can be. And also, your client success, be, retention and client success go hand in hand, is going to be worse than it can be as well. And all of this stuff that John and I are pivoting, we we base everything on our all of our philosophy on is your clients actually being successful. Because if it's not, then you're no worse than all the other people that have been scamming people in this industry for the last 30 fucking years. And fuck you. Okay. This whole thing needs to work. And that's why we talk about getting them to invest. That's why we talk about them needing to be invested more than you just snaking them from some one-time thing and getting them on a the hook to pay for two or three years and whatever. I'm in a contract. What? A, congratulations. You win. You get to take 40 bucks a month from this person for three years longer than they want to. Do you think that's good for your business? Well, they hate you every month for fucking two years and don't go into your gym. Like that's not a fucking win. It's, it's, it's not a win for your business. And on, John, you mentioned a really good point. Can other people describe your, what your services are, right? You, you mentioned that when in your, in your thing. And that goes equally for them trying to explain just what it takes to get started in your gym. Because if I go to your gym and I think it's $40 a month and I see, oh, there's a key fee and there's a this fee and there's a that fee and then this is waived. But then at the middle of this, there's this fee. All of that is too convoluted and stupid. Okay. It's 2023. Fuck mm -hmm. your fine print. Nobody gives a shit. If you're still charging key fob fees and an activation fee and locking people into contracts, you're, you're, you're like losing their trust every time you fucking talk when you're going through that explaining to somebody. So pack it up, come up with a number that works for you. 
Okay. And then make it all about that and the results, because that's what the reality of it is. You start doing this. It feels like a bait and switch because it is, and you know, it is, it's not near as bait and switchy as some of the other shit that's out there, which that stuff will have to change as well. Cause it's gotten big enough to where everybody's hip to those plays now. Okay. Mm-hmm. But this stuff, man, simplify, 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 simplify. It should be easy for them. They should be able to in five seconds, know what it costs to do business with you. Once they've told you what they want to do and what services they're looking for. Five seconds. And, and I have to call it out is that if you hear, if all you hear in this last seven minutes, if all you've heard from us is that we're telling you that you need to sell and you need to sell your people more often, that you need to be asking them for more money and be more of a salesman, you have to get the fuck out of your own way yeah. because you will remain poor. You will remain bitter. Your shit will continue to shrink and get smaller. And then you will only be salty and angry at the industry that is continuing to be more sleazy and more shitty because you disagree with the ethos entirely. And this is why we can say with full gusto that your attrition will improve and your retention will improve if you are selling your people more often, because exactly what you said, Tyler, is that it's our fundamentals, like the foundation is that you want your people to do better. You, it's, it is your client focus. That is all that we care about. And the fact is, is that if you are not, if you don't have the mentality that when you sell to someone, you are serving them, you are supporting them. You are giving them the tools that they need to be successful. If all you view selling as being this really shitty interaction that you loathe and hate and you would rather be mopping the floor in the back whenever someone new that walks through the door needs to be talked to and potentially be sold, then you will continue to struggle because that's not what it is. Is that it's giving people the opportunity to make that choice, to invest, to be more successful. And it starts first with you as the gym owner who needs to be the best salesman on your team. It starts with your mentality. You have to get past this or you will not ever be successful at this game. We'll touch real quick before we go on marketing methods. We've done so many episodes recently on marketing. Guys, if you want this in depth, just fucking go back a few episodes. There's marketing, there's social media strategies. We've got all this stuff out there. Um, main thing, stop doing your social media like every fucking buddy else does and has done forever. Okay. Stop parroting and sharing shit that fucking other people have done and been saying forever and packaging it as your own. Stop trying to be a fucking guru. Stop trying to be a fucking genius. You're not selling your wisdom. You're selling results. So for your social media, Make it be welcoming. Make it be warm. Show people having fun. Show people doing the thing. Show results. Show testimonials. But make it about the client, their journey, their results. Not how fucking smart you are. Okay? Please. The internet has basically, all of these things we've talked about is oversaturated information all over social media, which means it's very difficult to tell any gym or guru or anybody apart. Okay? So just stop it making it about yourself. And start making it about the results. That's it. There's not a ton. You need to do it consistently. We've gone over all those details. You can't post once every six weeks and expect this or that. Okay. There is no singular piece of content that is going to cure your fucking lack of leads. And I think that's what a lot of these guys do. They go, I'm going to talk about how smart I am right now. 
I'm going to go, let's go. That's this and this and that. And here's, this is why this and all this shit about fitness this is why this fitness is wrong. And this type is right. And, and don't do this exercise, do this exercise or this muscle means this is a stupid shit out there. It doesn't mean anything to someone who's thinking about joining a gym. It's only you pulling your fucking pud for the world to see on fucking social media. So stop, just stop. Okay. Make it about what your goddamn business is about, which is helping people. And if it's not, Oh, fuck off. I hope you sink. You know what I mean? Because if your business is not actually about getting results and helping people, then fuck off. You're listening to the wrong show. That's all I have to say about that. That's it. Be better. That's all. Be That's better. It. Who are you selling to? Why don't you talk to them? Start with that. But today we're talking to you beautiful motherfuckers so uh guys follow the show uh the gym owners podcast on instagram uh go to gear cat uh fuck gym owners revolution.com do we have GearAcademy.com too? we probably do i don't know it's uh, links are in the description too john we own a lot of urls i bought a lot of urls john bought a lot of urls so i don't <laughs> fucking know what all we own and what we don't own but most of them are in the description of the show you follow me at tyler f and stone on instagram and john you can follow me on instagram at jbanksfl I don't know. What's your, what's your homework for today? Can we send them off a little homework? Yeah, I would shit for homework. I got it. figure yeah. out how, figure out what you're going to do to start to appeal to people aged uh, mm. 16 to 24. Yeah. Right now. What are you going to do to make your place? In, by the way, if your place isn't for them, that's totally okay too. Right. It, that's totally fine. But for you, that if you're looking to, you want to survive another 10 years, those are people who got 10 years of training. <laughs> they definitely do. And they're in it to win it. They're in it early on. There's a fire that's been lit. You need to keep it lit. What are you going to do to attract them? It doesn't need to be anything really specific to them necessarily, but like, how do you make sure that your gym is going to work for a younger generation now? You're going to have a bunch of 40-year-old coaches like me running around there just hoping we can stay jacked long enough to <laughs> long enough to make it work are you going to get younger coaches and get younger staff are you going to market you're going to have events you can have social events are you going to how are you going to do this how are you going to appeal to them because there's a lot of them and they're all looking for a place to train none of them are very married to anywhere that they're training right now either and the nice thing about people at that age they move a lot which means if you're no, they, they, I mean, it's, it sucks yeah, they got in your gym, but it's not like people that are like 35, 40 years old who have a gym and they've been training in it for eight years and they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Unless they're unhappy, right? They're yeah. not going to move. These kids go to, they go from college. They want to know the spot. Mm -hmm. It should be real quick in their head where they want to train. How do you be the place that they want to train? So that's your homework, a little thought exercise for you. Okay. And if you're placing it for them, I don't know. Learn how to sell via text message this weekend. So, all right. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.